Listening to the flip side with Noah Philippiak, connecting the reality of the gospel to the grid of life. You can support the podcast and pick up some sweet flip side swag at www.patreon.com slash Noah Philippiak. What is up, y'all? Welcome to episode 71 of the Flip Side Podcast. Look at how massive this beard is. Those of you listening on the audio podcast you've got to get over to our youtube channel to see this ferocious duck dynasty caveman viking beard let me me scoop way up to the camera here look at how bushy that thing is it looks like i have a grizzly bear attached to my face it feels like I have a grizzly bear attached to my face. It feels like I have a dead squirrel attached to my face via rubber cement. Let me tell you, Flip Aponami, I am I am a man of my word. You you are a Flip Aponami of your word, and I am a man of my word, a human of my word, because I said if we get 10 patrons, we're going to grow. The world has been waiting. The world, you know, it's it's a... The world is sad. The world needs joy. And the world has been waiting for me to grow my beard out for 30 days. And you responded. You stepped up to the plate to help the world. You stepped up to give the world the, the joy that they've been missing. Well, all good things come to an end. All good things come to an end. Let me say before we end this beard, before this beard gets shaved off, today, live, on this episode, asterisk, uh, I thought I would enjoy growing out the beard more. I thought I would enjoy admiring this ferocious beard-growing ability that I have now as a 39-year-old. See, I was the kid in high school that didn't have armpit hair. (laughs) and I couldn't... I couldn't grow a beard until I was 30. And even then it was patchy, right? So the fact that as I'm cresting the hill to 40, I can grow a ferocious beard now. If I let this thing keep going, I mean, it would just be out of control in all of its manliness. I thought I would enjoy it. I thought I've always wanted to grow out my beard and my wife is not a fan. And you definitely have to... (laughs) You definitely have to keep that in consideration when you're married. And so, uh, you know, I've done the stubble thing for a long time, and I like that because I really don't like shaving every day. Those of you that shave down to your skin every day, oh, brutal. So much time spent doing that. So anyway, I just, I didn't enjoy it. This was a sacrifice for the flip upon him. I, it was a sacrifice for the world to witness the progression, the evolution from a boy to a man. Uh, my, my Facebook and Instagram, I know it's gone viral. You know, there's at least, I think 10 people that have liked it. I mean, that's, that is viral in the flip side economy, in the economy of the flip side, that is viral. The world is loving this beard thing. The day one to the day 15 to the day 30, you can check that out. It is there to behold. 
So, so here's a few things to know. This is day 28 of the beard. So there will be two more days of growth, of ferocious growth, inches, inches more will grow in the next two days. I'm leaving today to go out of town and I will not be able to record this when I'm recording now in the Angry Brew studio that we sit in here. Uh, and so you get the last video look at the beard today on day 28. Day 30 photo will be up. Uh, on social media to see. But what you get to witness today that only that only video uh, YouTube uh, uh, viewers get to see is 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 the beard progression from from day 28 back to back to normal little bit of stubble, not quite baby face Noah. So so here I am drinking my angry brew. YouTube always likes it when I put this right up to the camera. It turns it into the thumbnail uh, video, which is funny. So here's my flip side mug, which you can get by becoming a patron. By the way, I don't even explain this well. We have 10 patrons on patron.com slash Noah Flipiak. That is where you can support this podcast. I work part-time. I'm an urban church planter, and I'm part-time on purpose so that I can hire more staff in a multi-ethnic setting and so my church doesn't have to the burden of paying my full-time salary. And so I can free up my time to produce this podcast and to write blog posts and books. So if you'd like to support me in those endeavors of creating this content and to help me be part-time at my church, you can go to patreon.com slash Noah Philippiak. Once we got to 10 patrons, I said we'd grow the beard out for a month. Once we get to 15 I'm going <clears> to <throat> shave a gnarly handlebar mustache. So you could picture it here. Here, let's try to picture it. Oh, wrong side. <laughs> when everything's mirrored, it's very hard. <laughs> here, it's a preview. Preview for YouTubers. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> we'll do that for a week, and I will preach in it. That's my promise. A preaching for, uh, in, you know, in the handlebar stash. Once we get to 15. So right now we're at 11. We're at 11. So in the last month, we've gained one, which is great. That's 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 from 10 to 11. That's a huge percentage. We love it. Uh, so we need four more. Could be you. Join the Patreon team to get us to 15. Now, when you join, you you get sweet Flipside swag like this mug. My third favorite podcast is the Flipside. So you can choose from lots of lots of amazing fun things. Here's the deal, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I know this is. <laughs> Some of you are like, this is not, this is stupid. Get to the content. We're getting there. We're getting there. Be patient. Bear with us. All right. So here I am holding my angry brew coffee with the beard. Without the beard. 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 Where'd my beard go? It's gone, baby. This beard is gone. Never to return. It has been banished. It has been banished from the Philippiac household. Uh, I gotta say that beard looked pretty good. Looking back at the uh, the two the <laughs> the back and forth. 
So those of you listening on the audio podcast, you have no idea what I was just doing. You got to go to YouTube and check it out. And some young, cool Gen Z person out there needs to turn that into a TikTok and then let it go viral. This amazing uh, beard shaving that happened here on episode 70 of the Flipside podcast. Uh, But it was funny. I was setting that up and I actually recorded that first part uh, several weeks ago and, and another this is ties into an apology of why there hasn't been a long form episode in a while I've had many cancellations uh, by some guests that I've had lined up and so when that happens it kind of throws a wrench into everything uh, when when there's a bunch of cancellations uh, back to back to back to back. So I apologize for the delay. I apologize uh, for the delay in episodes. But also it's funny because I was watching the the bearded segment of me. And my, my, my wedding band was on my pinky finger when it should be on my ring finger. But for the sake of Hollywood, for the sake of advanced special effects cinematography, I put it back on my pinky so that it wouldn't uh, be dancing back and forth. On my fingers, like I said, you really care. I think I'm gonna lose all subscribers at this point. I had hurt my my finger trying to fix my car two or three weeks ago. I had this big callous wealthy thing under my wedding band because I cat it on while he was banging, <laughs> literally trying to unstick something that was stuck. Because I'm really a handy person. So there you go. There's that. And oh, one more thing, and then I promise you, uh, we will we will get into uh, the the content. Oh, two more things. I'm I'm on a social media break, so the promised before and after thirty day thing, the 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 before where I look like this, and then the thirty day the shot of the day I shaved uh, after that's coming. Whenever I'm done with my social media break, I've been loving my social media break. By the way, social media is a necessary evil. Uh, Anyway, we'll talk about that another time. But one correction from earlier in this episode 70. It is not a, uh, what did I call it, uh, It um, handlebar mustache. I, I kept saying if we get to 15 patrons, I've said this multiple episodes, I will grow a handlebar mustache. I was corrected by my brother, Patrick, who I've interviewed on the flip side before, that a handlebar mustache is the kind where you wax the sides of it Raleigh fingers and you wax it up. I'm not doing that. You would have to grow an incredible amount of hair to do that. What I am going to shave is called a horseshoe mustache. A horseshoe would be this. It goes down and down and and uh, like a trucker mustache. Horseshoe. I apologize, mustache aficionados that are out there. All right, so we got to get down to business. We got to get down to business. I don't know if I already mentioned this episode's brought to you by Angry Brew. I'm drinking it again. It's delicious. Shout out to Angry Brew. You can get 10% off your order. Angrybrew.com using promo code FLIP. We are also brought to you by Covenant Eyes. Let me jump to a quick word from me about Covenant Eyes and then... We'll jump into our topic of the day. Pornography. It's not a comfortable subject, but 94% of men and 87% of women have seen pornography at some point in their lives. 
Has porn impacted your life and your relationships? Here's the good news. You can begin the journey to freedom today and have peace of mind knowing you're not alone in the fight. That's how Covenant Eyes works, through biblical accountability. When you sign up, you choose an ally to receive your device reports and walk with you towards a life free from porn and the life that God desires for you. Try it free for 30 days by visiting CovenantEyes.com and enter promo code BEYOND at checkout. That's CovenantEyes.com, promo code BEYOND at checkout. Freedom begins today. Here we go. We'll see where this goes. You know I'm not professional around here whatsoever. I'm just going to tell you, this is a filler episode. Guess what? Last episode, Evangelism and Eternity, was also a filler episode. That was episode 70. I think I misspoke already on this episode. This is episode 71. Filler episode number two because of guest cancellations. But we have got to give you an episode, baby. So maybe God has something special for you uh, in either one of these two episodes, Eternity and Evangelism, last time. And this time, we are talking about ragtag Jesus following. Ragtag Jesus following. And here's where this comes from. I had two uh, significant conversations in the last week with with Christians who were really becoming uh, disillusioned in their faith, disillusioned with with Christianity. And I, I don't know, I'm going to I'm going to give you some specifics. I'm going to speak in some generalities, but it had to do with with the way Christians have, and again, when we say Christians, and this is my point to this message, even here and now, and they, and what I'm doing, we're lumping all Christians into into one into one grouping, as if all Christians are this way. And my point is, the way to save our faith, if you're in this boat of being disillusioned, is to realize that not all Christians are this way. That that whatever we say, this this the mass of Christianity, Christendom, uh, there's fringes of Jesus followers that are very, very different than that. Okay, so so that's that's kind of my disclaimer. But they were disillusioned uh, with how Christians today have have just married politics and and uh, their their political party and this. If you look at the world, it's almost like what's distinct about Christians? It's it's like we've just become a, a, a group that is seen by non-Christians by by the way we vote and, and 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 all this kind of rhetoric around around politics as if there's and we've talked about that at length. We've I did an interview with Preston Sprinkle about politics. You can look that up. But they were they were disillusioned about this. The other person that I that I talked to was disillusioned with how clean cut Christianity is, how clean cut the church is. And we got to talk about this, right? Because you know uh, my upbringing in the church is white suburban, and and I'm not assuming everyone here was was white suburban. What's actually crazy on Podbean where we post this, we see where people are listening from. It's kind of a cool graph of the world. And most people are from the US, but there was a a pretty big contingent, I mean again in the in the flip side economy, big relatively speaking, of people in in Tanzania. 
and in Africa and in other in other countries. And so by no means do I assume everyone here is coming from a, a white suburban context. But my point to make that point is we think and I think particularly those from a white suburban context, we think that our experience in church is the rubber stamp experience of church. And and even I think for others, because of the dominance of whiteness in, in both in the U.S. and around the world with, with colonization, where other cultures and countries may look to Western white Christianity. And we have the biggest buildings. We have the most money. We have the most book deals. We have the most prolific conferences. We have the most celebrities when it comes to preachers and, and worship bands. And it's very easy to look at white suburban Christianity and go, they are the ones that got it going on. They're the model of Christianity. Even if we in our village or, you know, the, the way we're doing Christianity and living living out in our culture is is what we're doing, we are inferior to the way they're doing it. That that both sides can feel that way. Where the white suburbanites can feel like the way we're doing it is superior because look, look at the results, look at the success, look at how huge this is, or at least it feels. And uh, those from other cultures, those from other ethnic groups, those from other countries can look and say, and, and say, oh, well, we're inferior to that because we don't have the results, you know, of that. So, so this is all part of this mix. This is all part of this part of this soup, this blender that that we're talking about. So, this person, their background is in is in white suburban Christianity, and and they are disillusioned with how clean cut the white evangelical, and I should emphasize that as well, suburban church is and and how clean cut the programming is and how clean cut the church goers are in the way we do church and they're just saying i'm done with that i'm done with this clean cut polished everything looks good version of christianity and to both of these individuals i shared the same encouragement and it's one of the encouragements that has kept me and my faith and I hope today that it can be something that keeps you in your faith. Brief moment for a sip of Angry Brew. All right, I already used up my Covenant Eyes commercial. I could use a, I could use a drink break right now. But here we go. We press on toward the goal to which Christ has called us together in Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's right. I wore the same Star Wars shirt for that Hollywood cinematography. Yeah, and I haven't watched it either. Oh, and my hair shrunk. I forgot about that part of it. My hair shrunk. Whoa. All right. Sorry. I just can't be serious for longer than six and a half minutes. And I have to take a break. And, and now I'm back. Now I'm back. Okay. So <laughs> uh, the encouragement is, guess what? Um, one, not all Christianity is white, suburban, clean cut Christianity. And, and where I went was to the first century. And I mean, I don't know. This could be offensive. I, it's not that I don't care. I do care because I'm not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Uh, just, just uh, this is the podcast. This is how we roll on the flip side. Honestly, if you want to talk further, let me know. I'm happy to dialogue. I'll even revisit this. Call me out, and, and we'll come back to it. Uh, mailbag, by the way, podcast at beyondthebattle.net. Uh, so, in the first century. 
you know, and, and this is not a this is not a, a a perfect statement either. But generally speaking, Judaism in the first century, from what we can see in Scripture, uh, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the way Jesus he gives he, the the woes that he gives. So 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 there's the um, woe to you, woe to you Pharisees. Uh, this would be in oh, it's in Luke again. This is what happens when. You kind of have the Bible memorized. All of it is up there, but it's the verses and chapters aren't. Uh, and, and I and, and I didn't look this up beforehand. I, I could look it up quickly on here, but uh, we get more, more, less and less professional as we do that. Um, Jesus's woes. Be nice if I didn't have envelopes on my keyboard. <laughs> Jesus's woes to you hypocrites. Matthew twenty three. Yeah. 13 to 39. Whoa, this is the KJV. Yeah, Google. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Whoa. Jesus gets really angry at the uh, religious people. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. The scribes and Pharisees were the leaders of the religious movement. They were the leaders of Judaism. There was no Christianity. It was the Old Testament religion. This was the people of God. And what we have to remember is... Today we talk about the first century as if you had you had Christians over here and you had Jews over here. I'm trying to keep it in the screen here. They were and there were these very distinct groups. That's not how it was in the first century. The first Christians were Jews, and there's evidence uh, archaeologically and in in other writings where and you can see it in Scripture too. Uh, so Christians were still worshiping at the synagogue. Yes, they started to form their own house churches, and yes, some Christians were 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 uh, excommunicated from their Jewish uh, communities and their their Jewish families and jobs because of their faith in Jesus. But particularly in these early phases, it was all. It was all mixed up together. Paul would be at the synagogue teaching. Jesus would go to the synagogue teaching. Uh, so Jews and Christians, in, in, in a sense, there was a there were uh, there was a ton of overlap. There there was this huge hybrid going on. And so, my back to my point of this encouragement, the, the Judaism, at least from the leadership level, and who Jesus is is giving his woes to in. Uh, Matthew 23, verses 13 through 39. He calls them blind guides. He, he, he goes on and on. I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you read it. Again, it's Matthew, thir- uh, sorry, Matthew 23, 13 through 39. He calls them snakes. He calls them broods of vipers. Uh, he says, how will you escape being condemned to hell? Okay, that's <laughs> crazy. These were the religious leaders. These were the church leaders, right? There wasn't a church yet, but these were the leaders of the people of God. And Jesus' movement, the movement of Jesus' followers, it, it began on the fringe of the religious movement. The religious core was corrupt, and Jesus began on the fringes. Now, this is not as perfect analogy. I'm not saying suburban white Christianity is corrupt or that it's all corrupt. What I'm saying is that when Jesus began his movement, it was ragtag Christianity. Ragtag Christianity. Honestly, I thought of that and I was that I don't even know what ragtag 
means. So I Googled it. I looked it up, and I have it for you here. From uh, This is whatever dictionary comes up here. I don't know if, if it doesn't really say. Uh, ragtag means untidy, disorganized, or incongruously varied in character. Also, that's the adjective. The noun ragtag, a group of people perceived as disreputable or undesirable. And that is who Jesus' first followers were. That's who he hung out with. He he gave the woes, the the these, you know, you hypocrites, you brood of vipers, to the religious leaders. And there were these things that set what he was doing apart from what the religious leaders of the day were doing. The religious leaders of the day were concerned with status, they were concerned with power, they were very concerned with money. Uh, he was not. He was concerned with the poor. He was concerned with the oppressed. He was concerned with the marginalized. And yes, he was concerned with sin. But look who he yelled at the most. It was the religious leaders. When he met someone who was on the margins of society that was in sin, sometimes it would be sexual sin or or maybe other types of sin. He was he was gracious and gentle. He would he would say, "Go and sin no more." But it was it was after. He had healed them. It was after he had embraced them. It was after he had shown them a love and a connection and a community that they'd never experienced before from the religious leaders. They were on the outside looking in uh, to the religious, the religion of the day, and Jesus made them insiders. And there's something here to both of these these people that I talked to this week about being disillusioned with how clean-cut Christianity is and being disillusioned with how just, just all of this, this Christianity and the way it's portrayed uh, in the media, the way it's, 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 it's gotten in bed with politics, and uh, it just maybe it, I, 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 some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I don't need to explain it. I don't need to explain it anymore because that's who this is for. That's who this is for, and we today as Christians can live on the fringes of whatever this macro level Christianity is we can live on the fringes the way Jesus and his first disciples lived on the fringes of 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 the religion of the day of 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 that Pharisee and scribe Matthew 23 brand of Judaism and I don't I I think there are there are certain there's similar ingredients to look at one don't look at the metrics of the world stop thinking that big is better Big is not better. Stop thinking that lots of money is better. Lots of money isn't better. There, there's all this stuff in scripture about the, uh, I'll try to find it here again, uh, the, the tickling of the ears verse where, where we're warned. This is in this is in 2 Timothy 4, 3. For the time will come. Oh man, you gotta love, uh, you gotta, you got to love the Bible Gateway website that gives you like a thousand versions. Okay, here's the NIV. The time will come when people will not listen to the truth. They will look for teachers who will tell them only what they want to hear. Oh, come on. Give me the New King James. This is what I want. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers whoa right like we get itching ears there's things we want to hear and we're gonna heap up for ourselves 
teachers because we don't want to endure sound doctrine. Now, the conservative branch of the church likes to quote that and say, you don't have sound doctrine. And and I, I think that some of the doctrine is both lifestyle and beliefs. It's not one or the other. Life, your lifestyle is your doctrine. Your beliefs are your doctrine. The way you live shows what your doctrine is. So if you care nothing for the poor, if you're judgmental towards the poor, if you're not in community with the poor, your doctrine is wrong because your your lifestyle is not matching things explicitly commanded by Jesus, explicitly commanded in the epistles, explicitly a part of what it means to be a Christian. And I've talked about this before, but greed, greed is this sin that we never talk about because it's the sin of the American church. It's the sin of the Western church. So why would we get up and talk about it when we, the preacher, the church, the people sitting in the pews are all reaping the benefits of greed? Who's going to get up and talk about that? The prophet, who is going to be the one that gets killed, because that's what happens to prophets when they speak truth. They get killed. That's what happened all through the Old Testament. It's what happened to John the Baptist. Guess what? It's what happened to Jesus. Okay? And yes, there was a socioeconomic message within Jesus's message, which partially is what got him killed. You go back to Matthew 23. You know who killed him? The religious leaders. Why? Because he called them snakes and broods of vipers and said they were going to hell. These were the religious leaders of the day, the experts, the leaders that knew the Bible the best. Whoa. Okay. So uh, our encouragement, my encouragement to you is to follow Jesus. That is my encouragement to you. And Jesus was on the fringes, so much so that it got him killed. Uh, Jesus hung out with the poor. He hung out with the marginalized. He hung out with, like in, in his day, the tax collectors, women, those that had checkered pasts sexually. This, These are his friends. These are the people he's hanging out with. He's in the homes of quote unquote sinners, having dinner, drinking, eating. And if, we, let me say a couple of things. When we do that, when we, when we build our lives around the marginalized of our society, it is extremely life-giving. It's extremely life-giving. When we are amongst the physically broken, it brings, and there's lots of, there's lots of places you can find that. You, I just talked to a friend who's has a passion for prisoners while in prison and when they get out. Yeah, the Bible talks about that, visiting those in prison. Those that are physically, mentally, have impairments. Those that are oppressed, victims of systemic racism, of generational poverty, of family systems that are broken. We are meant to bring God's wholeness to where there is brokenness. 
That is part of bringing his kingdom here to this place, Matthew 6.10. If you aren't doing that in any way, shape, or form, you are missing out. You're missing out on your purpose, your purpose as a Christian. It is not just to believe stuff and then to try to behave, to do, to try to don't smoke or drink or chew or go with girls who do that the old phrase i mean these these and it's it's not to it's not to say that that are what i'm saying is we we've been taught a lot of thou shalt not what about the thou shalts what about the thou shalts and when you think of that and you think of brokenness and, and we have our own i'm our own brokenness trust me you get into this and you go i'm incredibly broken right but we are called to bring wholeness to brokenness through Christ and through our, our relationship, through our love, through our money, through our community. This is what we're called to do. All the while calling people into repentance and into uh, saving knowledge of Jesus that's committing to make him the Lord of our lives. But is he the Lord of your life? How many Christians is Jesus not? He's not the Lord of their life. Because they're they're doing things their way, or they're doing things their political party's way. They're doing things. They're not doing things the way of Jesus, and that's that should be very striking to us. Ah, so so the life bringing peace is when you enter into brokenness. Trust me, the work to be done is unlimited. It is unlimited. Yes, it can be discouraging. It can even make you deal with despair. But the encouraging part is this. Uh, you got something to do. You've got something to do. However many decades I got on this earth, <laughs> I got something to do. There are so many Christians that are bored. And look, I struggle with depression. I did a whole episode on my depression. Go back to the my story. It was back in January, part two. But there's a type of depression that is purely a result of boredom. And it's a result of greed being your God. As an American Christian, often a suburban white American Christian or just a suburban American Christian. Okay, I believe in Jesus. Okay, I go to church. Okay, I joined a small group. Now what? And it, well, now what? Nothing. Just get another promotion at work. Buy a bigger house. Get another boat. Get another cabin. Just buy more crap. And you're bored. You're so bored. So you just, just keep doing more and more and more of that. It's no different than the person that's just bored. So they are sleeping with another woman or another man and another one and another one and another one. Or they're doing more narcotics or they're getting drunk and they're just bored. And they're doing it again and again and again. It's no different. There's a boredom because we we're not we're not doing ragtag Jesus following we don't we don't go to the ragtag people we don't do ragtag things maybe we don't realize we are ragtag people uh not rich mullins um the Ragamuffin Gospel is a book by Brennan Manning. Rich Mullins, I think, coined that phrase. But 
the whole the whole premise of Brennan Manning's ragamuffin gospel book was the Bible is for ragamuffins. That was his word for ragtag. And I am a rug I am a ragamuffin. And that is where my friend was getting disillusioned with the church was I don't see that in church. I don't see that in church. And I want to encourage you. And I really think I think there's so much if we could get out of the US and we could get into churches around the world, churches amongst the global poor. I don't have the stats in front of me, but the U.S., anyone in the U.S., I believe, is in like the top 5% wealthiest people in the world, even if, you you know, you're maybe not 5%, but it's close. I mean, you could be literally homeless in the U.S. and living at a homeless shelter. You have food and you have shelter and you have medical care and you're, you're, you're in the top mass percentage of, of wealthy people in the world. But especially if you're a middle-class American, Google it. I don't have them in front of me, but it's you're in the top 5% in the world or the top 10%. You might even be in the top 3% of wealthiest people in the world. And so getting among the global poor and seeing how they do church and how they see Jesus and how they're bringing Jesus' wholeness to their communities we have an incredible amount to learn because our wealth our wealth has blinded us our our wealth has choked us out we're suffocating we're suffocating on our wealth also biblical jesus says it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven it's black and white that's from the lips of jesus it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven all right, so I'm going to try to land this plane. And uh, hey, that's what I normally do with my light. Is that better? <laughs> better. Uh, I have to redo all the beard before and after because now this is what it should look like. All right, so I want to try to land this plane. I just want to encourage you. Um, Jesus is a ragtag savior. Um, don't be enamored with what looks like success in the American church. Um. I'm I'm tired of prefacing things like look I'm not condemning the mega churches I'm not look just let the holy spirit speak you know I don't think all that is good there's really good people in those churches there's really good people but I don't think all that is good I don't think it produces good fruit on a macro level I don't just mean your local mega church I mean the big conferences I just Whoever's got the most YouTube views and hits. Landing the plane, though. Jesus on the fringes. If you're listening and you're one of the flip upon am I, let's, let me just talk to you for a second. Sometimes we just go on these rants. You people that, like, I, I encourage you to get amongst the poor somehow. This is not in a patronizing way. I don't I don't like the word the poor. I'll just it's patronizing, but it's the word used in scripture Jesus uses it. Get amongst those that do not have access to economic advancement. How's that? People that do not have access to economic opportunity for any number of reasons. 
because of broken families, broken communities. Colonization did this to other countries. Systemic racism did it here. But you go out into rural communities, you're going to find it there. I'm not an expert on this, but find a way to be amongst the poor. Find a way to be amongst those that are physically broken, economically broken. There's a socioeconomic component to Christianity and to Jesus. And I'm telling you, is it challenging? Yes. Is it scary? Yes. Will it bring you life? Yes. Will it make some of these other debates pale in comparison? Yes. <laughs> Why do we, what's the one about straining out the gnat? You strain out the gnat, but you, I'm telling you, I got it all up here. I got it all up here. It's just not in any, uh, let me find that. Let me find that. My computer is struggling. Uh, someone buy me a new computer so I get for the flip side. It's having a hard time recording video and doing all this. Oh, it's in Matthew 23. That's beautiful. That's where we just were. You blind guides, you strain a gnat and you swallow a camel. This is right after verse 23. This section is beautiful. This is in verse 23, Matthew 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides. You strain out a gnat, but you swallow a camel. You know, you look at that, and I, I see that so often in Christianity today. We're, we're straining out gnats. We're like, oh, I don't want to swallow that gnat, this little bug. You know, strain it out, strain it out. And we argue about these stupid theological things. And I'm not saying theology doesn't matter, doctrine doesn't matter. It does matter. But the vitriol that we have around these things, and even, I'll say it, the, the PhD after PhD after PhD that we get to, 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 to argue the nuances of Calvinism and Arminianism and, and even the Holy Spirit and, and the denominational differences that we have, we argue and we argue and we argue. And Jesus says, but you... But you swallow a camel. You're like, I'm not going to eat that little gnat. But I'm going to swallow this giant camel. You're missing the most important things. And he says it right here. Christians, this is from the lips of Jesus. We cannot miss this. You have neglected the more important matters of the law. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Justice, mercy. And faithfulness, he says it right there. So go and do that. Go and do justice and mercy and be faithful. And like I was saying, is it hard? Yes. Is it risky? Yes. Do it anyways. Do it anyway. Find other believers and go and do it. Be in community. Don't just do an event. Don't just give stuff away. That's fine. Backpack drives and peanut butter and diapers, giveaways. Well, that's fine. Don't just give to the nonprofit that's doing the relational work. That's not what this is. 
go and do the relational work. You know what's you know what's true? The lower somebody is on the socioeconomic spectrum, the easier it is to just have a conversation. People holding the sign on the on the on the the the, the corner asking for money, asking for food. I promise you they'll talk to you. Someone sitting on the curb with their shopping cart next to them, filled with their blankets that they sleep in and maybe a liquor bottle next to them. I promise you they will talk to you. I promise you they will receive love from you. When you when you do this, whether it's homeless People without homes, people without homes, whether it's an inner city park, an urban, urban park, urban neighborhood, volunteer at a boys and girls club, volunteer at a big brothers, big sisters. I don't mean once. I don't mean coming and giving $36 of crap you bought on Amazon. No, go and be relational. Go and be relational. You know who's most receptive to the gospel? The poor. Because it's hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'm not saying don't evangelize your fellow rich person. But why aren't you in relational Connection and community and proximity to the poor. Ragtag Christianity, I think that's our that's our savior. That's our savior from Christianity. Is a ragtag Jesus. A ragtag Jesus will save us from Christianity. The American brand of Christianity that people are becoming more and more disillusioned by and leaving the church in droves. And if you're content with that, that's fine. I'm not talking to you. Thanks for listening. I'm talking to those that are leaving the church in droves. And I'm talking for those that are bored. And I'm talking to those that are tired. And I'm talking to those that are wondering, is there more than this? The answer is yes. There is more than this. And it's nothing new. It's simply the way. The way of following Jesus. The way. Read the Gospels and do what Jesus did. That's it. Do what he did and obey what he said. And your life will look radically different. It will look radically different than, than it currently does, than it currently does uh, today. So I hope that's encouraging. I hope that's encouraging to you. I hope that's encouraging to you. All right. I apologize for any video glitches in this. I, 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 uh, I'm realizing my computer can only handle so much. I, I did close another. I, I had two recordings going at one time, and, and we'll try to we'll try to keep it moving here on the flip side. Is uh, I do want to offer something that's that's good and quality and worth listening to, and I hope that you find that it is. So uh, if you if you want to support the flip side, you know how to do that. Patreon.com/slash Noah Flipiak. Uh, do subscribe. Do share. Uh, and head over to youtube.com slash Noah Flippiak to watch there uh, and to subscribe. And so with that, uh, you hear the uh, the alarm sounding in the background. 
And the alarm sounding is telling you that all of the content that matters of episode 71 is now over. And we are entering into the space uh, that we affectionately call Noah's Rant. Noah's Rant is, off, is brought to you by Angry Brew. And uh, Noah's Rant, it is, uh, it is not for the faint of heart. It is not for those who enjoy quality podcasting. Uh, it's, it's, for, it's for everyone else. It's for those that do not. It's for, it's for those that enjoy non-quality podcasting. It is an attempt at humor. It is an attempt to make the world a better place. So, without further ado, let us jump into Noah's rant. Noah's rant. So. I had a dentist appointment this week. Shout out to dentists out there and uh, dental hygienists, making the world a better place. I, I wouldn't want to do that job. I wouldn't want, want to look at people's te uh, nasty teeth every day. I, I think my teeth look fine just looking at them. And then they take those cameras and they stick them in your mouth. <laughs> and they're like, hey, look at this back of your back tooth there. There used to be a filling and it fell out. And so now it's all brown. And it collects all this plaque. See it right there? That's the plaque right there. <laughs> that yellow clump. I'm like, that is so disgusting. Thank you for showing me how disgusting the back of my back teeth are. There's nothing we can do about it. We can't. <laughs> uh, filling will just fall out. So you just got to. Okay. But you got to give some love to the dentists and dental hygienists out there looking at people's teeth every day and, and, and that nat You, you got to love the posters they put up at the dentist too. The before and after shots trying to get you to buy some procedure or something like that. or or, or And they show you or, or the, the ones about the mouth diseases. They're, don't, you know, make sure you floss so you don't get this disease. And they show you some mouth that is just colorful and different looking and unpleasant to the eye. You got to love that about the dentist. It's like, shield your eyes, children. <laughs> you scarred for life. Go over going to the dentist, put on a blindfold so you don't have to be subjected to that. The dentists are like, whatever, I see that every day. That's my life. That's my world. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But here's my rant on the dentist. And and I I mean, all the love in the world to dental hygienists, they do a great job. And I underappreciate it. I always wonder, first of all, they do all the work. They're working on my teeth forever. I'm in there for 40 minutes and they're chipping away, getting all the coffee stains out. Like, man, you drink a lot of angry brew. You have a lot of angry brew on your teeth. I'm like, yeah. They sponsor my podcast, so I I do. Uh, they're chipping and chipping, and, and they're flossing you, and they put that nasty, sandy toothpaste stuff polish on your mouth. And they do everything. They're taking pictures of your teeth, and they're, they measure my gum recession. They do all of this work. They're like, okay, just hang tight there for a second, and I'm going to go find the doctor, and the doctor come in and take a look at you, okay? And I'm like, okay, great. So you sit there for a while. Doctor comes in literally like 33 seconds. The doctor pokes around and like, yep, looks pretty good. Looks like everything that I just did is great. I'll see you next time in six months. And I'm going, wait a second. I know this dental hygienist makes like one-tenth of the salary that the doctor makes. And they did all the work. 
<laughs> so, shout out to dental hygienists out there. You should go on strike. You should make the the dentist do all the work, man. All right. But here is my rant. So props to the dental hygienist before I give you the rant. It's about you. It's about you. The dental hygienist, they have their fingers in your mouth and all these tools and the, the sucky thing and the shooting the water at you. And so you turn like this the whole car with like fingers in my mouth. And they're talking to you. They're trying to have conversation with you. And what the dental hygienist doesn't understand is that I cannot have a conversation with you when your fingers are in my mouth. Especially when they go, okay, open up for me wider. Because they got to, you know, get you're kind of clomping down in their fingers. Open up so your your mouth is really like the... Oh, that's you're a pastor, huh? Oh, well, that's swell. Yeah, tell me about your church. The only difference between that and real life is when I said, but my teeth touched. And you're not, you're my lips touch, because you have to, to make the B sound. You can't do that. And then the dental hygienist looks at you like, what's wrong with you? I'm Trister, you can't even have a conversation with me. I'm just trying to be friendly. <laughs> like, I'm fine to have a conversation with the dental hygienist. Let's get coffee afterwards. That's another thing. They they get on you about having coffee stains on your teeth, and they have a Keurig out in their lobby. I mean, come on, man. It's like job security for you, right? You might as well fill your baskets with candy so that kids get more cavities when they... I'll have conversation with you. Let's, let's go have lunch. Let's have coffee. Come, come to my church. But let's... Let's do it without your fingers in my mouth. <laughs> without without the, the sucky straw going. <laughs> while you're trying to ask me how school's going for my three children. Then the world would be a better place, right? Because then we can we can have conversation and you you won't think really it's about me. Because they you think I'm rude because I don't want to talk to you. But that's not true. So I just want you to know that, dental hygienist. I do want to talk to you. It's not that I'm rude. You just you just need to get your fingers out of my mouth and the and all the apparatus uh, so that I can do that, so that I can have that conversation. So next time, flip a pot of my next time that you are at the dentist and and, and your hygienist starts having that that conversation uh, with you, just refer them to episode seventy one of the flip side. Uh, you, you can print cards out, print out little flyers. Episode 71, put the link on there. QR code, very popular these days. Just hand that to them. Say, hey, thanks. Thanks for the conversation. Uh, I just I just put, I want you to listen to this. And boom, we've done it. We've, we have made the world a better place. We did it again every time on the flip side. It is a one episode at a time. We are, we are making the world a better place. So thank you for listening. This wraps up episode 71 of the flip side. Please do subscribe. 
please do tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your dog and cat about the flip side, and I will see you next time on the flip side. The Flip Side with Noah Philippia is a Beyond Ministries production. Copyright Noah Philippia. www.noahphilippiac.com. Theme music by Kyle Lake at Kalake Music. Used with permission. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. It's time to bring me closer. There's no purgatory because you're in or you're out. When you see them in the clouds, you know it's going down. Raise them, raise them, raise them. They've been sleeping for some ages. Now all God's babies so confused by this hatred. Poor pit preachers shouldn't aim to be A-list. Money probably long, but short is with your days. And you ever